you're listening to Focus on the Bible. Have you ever felt insignificant? Like maybe nobody even knows your name or what you're up to or what you might contribute in life? Well, you're not alone. I think every one of us feels that way probably from time to time. But don't you know there are people in the Bible who though we don't even know their names, they've made their contributions for God and it's an awesome thing. If God did it for them, why not us? Let's talk about this today as we focus on the Bible. In 1 Samuel chapter 14, there's a great story about Jonathan, the son of Saul. Let's look at it together. 1 Samuel 14 in verse number 1 sets up the stage. Here we go. Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. So let's stop and ask what's going on here. Well, Jonathan is the son of Saul. Saul is the king of Israel. Remember, Israel didn't have a king for a long, long time. But they told God they wanted a king. They needed a king. Why? Well, because other nations around them had kings. So Israel wanted to be like everybody else, and that maybe is the first time they put their foot in the trap. We don't need to be like everyone else. We need to be like God made us. Is that good? When they began to cast their eyes on other nations, they were looking at nations who weren't even following God or had no intention to. They wanted a king to be like everyone else. God didn't want Israel to have a king. But there was no reasoning with them. They wanted a king that would lead them into battle. And so they ended up with the tallest guy around, Saul, who became their king. Is the best guy always the tallest guy? No, he's not. Tall is an attribute, but tall doesn't make you a natural leader. Tall doesn't make you a chosen one of God. Tall just looks pretty impressive in the eyes of man, but maybe not in the eyes of God. Well, they got Saul, who was tall, to be their king, to lead them into battle. But there's a problem. Saul wasn't leading them into battle. He had a blaze of glory in the very beginning, but then he settled down into mediocrity, and before it's over, Saul is a mess. But on this day, someone else goes into action. It's Jonathan, the son of Saul. Now, no one hardly knows his name at all, but there's someone else in the story who's even more unknown. He's in the middle of verse 1. He's called here the young man that bear his armor, and that's the only name we're ever going to get, the young man that bear his armor. He would have been a boy who was put in charge of carrying the armor of someone probably who had some royal blood, and that happens to be Jonathan, the quiet son of Saul, the tall king. The young man that bear his armor, though, is a young and courageous man who's going to become the center of this story. Verse 2, the Bible says, And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, 
which is in Migrath. So there is Saul, chosen to be the king. He's taller than the others, but is he leading them into battle? Nope, he's tarrying. What does that mean? Waiting. Another way to say it is he's doing nothing. He's waiting. He's fiddling around. He's under the shade tree when there's a battle to fight against those God-hater Philistines. He's under a pomegranate tree. Saul, the great king, the leader of men. Today, he's under a pomegranate tree. Have you ever seen a pomegranate tree? If not, you might get the idea that it's a great grand tree tree but it's not at all it's a pretty short tree it's a little stubby tree it's a lot like an apple tree not very good for shade but there sits tall Saul when there's a war going on with the Philistines under the puny shade of a little pomegranate tree that could be downright discouraging couldn't it if you're a soldier and he's your commander-in-chief, and he's a coward, and he's not going. He only waits under the shade tree of a pomegranate. And so on this day, Jonathan takes action. Verse 6, And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come, and let us go over under the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And so while Saul apparently has taken his eyes completely off the Lord, Jonathan is looking to the Lord and he comes up with this plan. More about his plan in just a moment, but first a good look at verse 6 shows the faith of Jonathan. Jonathan has no certainty that God will give him a victory on this impossible morning when only two men will take on the garrison of those powerful Philistine enemies. But nonetheless, regardless of the victory or a defeat, Jonathan seems pretty convinced, don't you think, that there's a battle to fight and he's just the guy to do it, even though the obvious choice is under the shade of a pomegranate tree. And so Jonathan says he's going to go and that the Lord could work for him if the Lord so chooses. But Jonathan is going to go anyway. And get this, the last line of verse 6, there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. In other words, Jonathan seems to believe that you don't have to be the tallest guy in the fight or have the biggest army or the most people on your side. Jonathan's faith is that he and a nameless individual who simply carries his armor could go and get a victory if the Lord wants them to have a victory. Is that good? Is that good? Let me stop and ask you, what kind of obstacles in your life are you facing today? Does it seem insurmountable? Do the enemy seem to number too many for you? Well, don't count God out. Maybe God is in the fight. Maybe God will give an unthinkable miracle and a victory today. Verse 7, And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Do you have a close friend like that? Do you have a 
A person who is so loyal to you that without even explaining the whole plan, they would look at you and say, do whatever you want to do. I have your back. I'll be right here behind you wherever you go. Well, that's the kind of faith that that young man who bare his armor had in Jonathan and in God. Do whatever's in your heart, boss. I'll be with you all the way. I get chills thinking of the companionship of a man like that who has a like faith, who has a kindred spirit, ready to go into battle with Jonathan, the son of the king. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. And if they say thus unto us, Tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place, and will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, Come up unto us, then we will go up. For the Lord hath delivered them into our hand, and this shall be a sign unto us. And so there's the plan. Jonathan says to the young men that bear his armor, if these men say to us that we should wait for them to come to us, we won't go up. But if they say to us, come on up into our camp, then we will go up. And that'll be our sign that God has given us the victory. And that's exactly the way the battle played out on that day when Jonathan, the young, quiet son of a very loud and comfortable king, and the young man that bare his armor went to fight for God against insurmountable odds, except that God was on their side and buddy you put God on the side of two young men like that and there's going to be a great big thumb on the scales to balance everything out in fact more than balance there is an absolute rout about to happen at the hands of the sword of Jonathan and the young man that bear his armor verse 12 and the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor-bearer and said, Come up to us, and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said unto his armor-bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet, and his armor-bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan and his armor-bearer slew after him. And so it happened just as Jonathan had said, those Philistines called out to them in answer to their call, come up here, we want to show you something. And so Jonathan did exactly that. They went up, all right, but they went up sword in hand and they began to take care of the Lord's business on that day in the garrison of the Philistines. On that day, there was a great battle on a half an acre of land, and Jonathan slew, and the young man that bare his armor slew, and they routed that camp and set that camp of Philistines on the run. Now, I want to tell you what happened next. With the great noise of the retreating enemy 
some of those 600 soldiers who were up there with Saul under the pomegranate tree, refusing in their cowardice to actually fight against the enemy, they now become encouraged because they see the battle going their way. And they now begin to fight themselves. But not only that, apparently under the discouragement that was in the camp of Israel, some of them had actually gone over and joined the side of the Philistines, apparently to hold some kind of personal peace in their alliance with the enemy. But even those people in seeing this great victory that the Lord brought now change their mind and once again... They become believers in the other side and they go right back home to Israel where they belonged in the beginning and they join the force of Israel. And so what kind of influence did Jonathan and that nameless individual who carried his armor bring now to a defeated and discouraged army of Israel? And they won a great victory that day, all because of the faith of a young man and his nameless friend. What a great story, friend. I wanted to share it with you today for your own encouragement and mine. It doesn't matter that we may not be picked first to be on the team. It doesn't matter that someone who seems, for all outward appearances, to be bigger, stronger, taller, smarter, whatever. The Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance and God looks on the heart. And buddy, when God looked on the heart of Jonathan, I think the Lord saw a young man who needed his attention. And how about that nameless young man that bare his armor? He may not have a name for us today, but we'll know his name in eternity. I think I can guarantee it. That young man who stood for God, who was willing to lay down his life for his friend Jonathan that day, Friend, be encouraged. The same God of Jonathan is in your world today. We are so excited to tell you about our summer camps at Grace Farm, our youth training center in Dewey Rose, Georgia. Kids need good training in the truth of the Bible like never before. And our camps at Grace Farm provide just that, a tremendous atmosphere for learning life-changing spiritual truth and having great fun together at the same time. If you know a student between the ages of 8 to 18, registration is open at www.gracefarmonline.com. Thanks for joining us for Focus on the Bible, a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. For questions or comments, you can write to us at Focus Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, freddycoyle.org. We hope to see you again for next week's episode of Focus on the Bible.